0: Hi everyone, welcome to the FemFit Society podcast. Before we begin, we want to thank our episode sponsor, Donuts and Deadlifts. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I'm rocking one of their awesome teas. They are the original food, fitness, and lifestyle brand whose motto is Eat, Lift, Live. They are more than just an apparel brand; it's a lifestyle. You can join the movement and get some of your own awesome products at donutsanddeadlifts.com or check out the link in the show notes. Our guest today is a CrossFit coach, trainer. She is an incredible weightlifter herself and meat director for our very own Barbell Babes, Emma Pilkington. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Um, I know you are like you've lived all over the world, right? You do a lot of travel. You are currently, correct me if I'm wrong, back in South Carolina like how how's life how are things are you you back how long are you back for
1: yeah so I'm now permanently in America I'm in South Carolina but I'm originally from New Zealand Um, I have coached all around the world so went from New Zealand to London in the UK um, back to New Zealand and then I was in Doha, Qatar for a while as well um, and then I married an American. My husband's American. So I'm now here in South Carolina, feeling very settled. We have a house. Um, it's very nice to be in one place.
0: Yeah. It must be like you must see so much, not just like traveling to them places, but working and coaching in all those different places. Like, is there a place that surprised you the most about like what their fitness scene is like?
1: No, I don't think there were any surprises. Maybe I was surprised that it was so – the culture in CrossFit gyms and fitness gyms is very similar around the world. So even though every country has a different culture, um, different ways of doing things, different languages, but when you came into um, a CrossFit or even a weightlifting club, it was all very familiar to me, like it felt like home. So I really loved that about traveling. Yeah. It's it's funny with CrossFit, isn't
0: it? And we talk about it a lot, that this community aspect that I think people find obviously in their gyms and in their boxes, but it is so far and widespread and like everywhere you go. You might not, you know, for some people it might not be in their box they find it, but it might be when they go to drop in somewhere or they go on holiday and they train somewhere else, like that's where you find it. And like I assume. Being a coach, do you, have you gotten to experience that probably to like such an extent that you must feel it everywhere you
1: go, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what I love is just seeing how more common it is for women to be lifting as well. So just having that camaraderie together, um, bonding over similar interests. um, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm
0: where did your because you you've like competed a lot you're obviously a very well established coach now an incredible weightlifter but where did your like journey with fitness begin like growing up were you sporty were you athletic I know like being like from like the Oceania region like anyone I know who's grown up in Australia or New Zealand was a sporty kid (laughs) like was that yeah yeah
1: yeah definitely I was um I tried to enroll in every sport possible if my family could afford it um, and went to university for sport and exercise science and then I think naturally a lot of people drop off after those um, university college years so I was super grateful to find um, CrossFit at that time and then I naturally gravitated towards weightlifting because I preferred lifting rather than <laughs> dying doing birthday. Um but I have always been sporty, but it hasn't always been easy. So it doesn't always, like, come naturally to me to exercise every day. Um, people think that, it, you know, I must be super motivated because it is my career, I'm a coach. But it's still a daily challenge. Like, it has to fall down to discipline and reminding yourself that you do enjoy it. Um, yeah, but it, it'll be a part of my life forever, so...
0: Do you, I've never asked someone this, but I'm actually really intrigued to know, like, do you remember the first time you like picked up a barbell? Because as you say, for women, like when I, even when I was younger and I'm like, I'm still young, but when I was younger, I never saw women weightlift. Even when I went, you know, we had a gym at our school. It was never, you know, said like, go try and pick up a weight. Like it never happened Um, but like do you remember your first experience of like oh I'm gonna use a barbell for the first time
1: yeah I do and it was really scary and I it was scary but I had this young confidence about me that I could do it no matter what but it was humbling because I couldn't like I couldn't snatch the empty barbell I didn't have the mobility through my shoulders um so I've left the gym in tears before thinking why can't I do this um Obviously, with the support of training partners and good coaches, I got there in the end. But um, it is scary. But do I regret trying? Hell no, because it has completely changed my life. Um, I had never seen anyone lift a bar before. I Maybe on TV watching the Olympics, watching weightlifting. But, I mean, weightlifting at the Olympics for women only came in in the year 2000. So... It hasn't been around in the public eye for long. Um, We do have CrossFit to thank for that.
0: Yeah. It's great. Like, because any other sport, and I say about CrossFit in general, still, if you compare it to other sports, it's still like a baby sport. It's still in Mm -hmm. its early years almost because things like football and soccer and all these things have been around for so, so many years, and particularly for women. It's like, it's one of them sports that, from the get-go it was the same for women as it was for men and I think that's so special um going in like and I think it's anyone who does CrossFit will know this but to anyone who maybe doesn't or is thinking about weightlifting whether that be in a kind of Globo gym or in a CrossFit gym like what would you recommend like why why tell them why they should do it because as I say like when you do it and you're into it like it's the best thing in the world to feel strong and to as you say like even if it is an empty barbell whatever it is is, there's so many benefits to it but like from a coaching perspective like what would you tell someone who's like "Mm, I'm not sure if I want to go and pick up a barbell
1: my number one thing would be find a coach that you trust um And then that will hopefully eliminate some of the fears that you have. Um, Just having that guidance because then you don't doubt yourself whether you're doing it correctly or not. Um, And then just give it a go. Like you have to step outside your comfort zone to grow. Um, Some people love it. Some people don't. And you can't knock it until you've tried it. Um, But I think having guidance, having a coach, finding a training partner where you can like work together is really important um and then be patient <laughs> it does not happen overnight like technique and strength take a long time to build um yeah olympic weightlifting powerlifting getting stronger at it it's you have to persevere but mm-hmm. i mean it's it's worth it yeah. yeah there's a lot of health benefits too so not just like feeling empowered feeling strong um building those relationships with other like-minded women in the gym. But there's obviously a huge amount of health benefits to um, keeping your body in a strong, conditioned um, way so that you can handle everyday life. Mm. And
0: I think that's the thing that people always, you know, can say about CrossFit is obviously that functional fitness. And it's, mm. it, they say things. And we're not, like, <laughs> this isn't, <laughs> we're not going to be them people that are like, you need to do CrossFit. But <laughs> if you want to, it's great.
1: <laughs> um, but Yeah, a, and you don't always have to do CrossFit either. Like there's so many weightlifting and powerlifting clubs around as well. So if CrossFit isn't your thing and you don't necessarily want to be in that group setting um, doing a CrossFit class, then um, weightlifting clubs, powerlifting clubs, um, they're popping up everywhere. So you have lots of options.
0: Mm-hmm. And I suppose yeah. even nowadays, there is, you know, if you were, say you were a member of a Globo gym and you you choose to stick with that and that works for you, there's so much out there like free content online that people Mm. could use to go and follow like a program like would you say if someone's in a position where they maybe can't find a coach and they don't have that kind of accessibility like is there anything you'd recommend for someone who might have to train on their own at you know a really strange time whether that be in their garage or in a globo gym
1: any advice for people like that Definitely find a coach online. Um, I coach people online um, and it's personalized coaching. There's a lot of online coaches. Um, Obviously, do your research around who you want to be under. Um, You can get like a blanket generic program. You can get personalized programming. Um, But like you said, there are so many options online. I would hesitate towards doing things on your own just because then you don't get that coaching feedback. You don't get the eyes on you um technique cues um but yeah jump online do some research um there's so many options out there
0: there is it's, it's one of these things that has grown substantially over the last yeah and we are so lucky because as you say there is so so much out there um i you are of course a coach and i know like i love watching like even your Instagram because I feel like I get feedback from watching your own videos of you weightlifting anyway. <laughs> and I thought that's always a key follow a load of coaches but um what do you I uh, firstly why did you make the move into coaching
1: I've always wanted to help people and but then I've always wanted it to be sport related um so when I found CrossFit it naturally I was like this is what I want to do um Over the last 10 years of coaching, I haven't always been a full-time CrossFit coach. So um, I've been able to kind of deliver education in other ways as well, whether it's through when I was the general manager of Weightlifting New Zealand or my role now where I uh, work for Barbell Babes as the meet director. So just trying to um, help more women get exposure to the sport of weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit. I just I do want to kind of spread that word that it is empowering and it is good for you and if you're kind of stuck and you've tried every other sport and you're still not enjoying something then give this a go because it's a lot of fun
0: like I would say probably 80% of people I know that I've met like as an adult through weightlifting or through CrossFit are people that were like oh you know I was never like a sporty sporty child I never like fitness was never really my thing the age old I'm not fit enough to do this and yeah yeah everyone does it like what's the best thing for you as like a coach when you see people like in their element I suppose now in the sport like what's your favorite thing to see the change in people etc
1: um Maybe the realization that they can do it, like their belief system changes. Um, They realize that they're more than capable of doing hard things. Um, And then seeing people try and reach a little bit further and further each time, I think that's really um, inspiring. And like celebrating those wins is awesome as a coach. Um, And you have to celebrate the wins because they don't happen – Especially the further along your athletic career you get, they don't happen as often. So any small win you have to celebrate. But, um, yeah, in the beginning, I think if if you go from not being able to snatch an empty barbell to two weeks later, you can snatch an empty barbell. Like, that is a huge win. You need to celebrate that. And, um, yeah, just people's belief systems growing and changing, I think is really cool.
0: And you said at the beginning kind of of the episode that even like you struggle to find that motivation sometime and it's all about discipline, particularly with weightlifting. It can be quite, and like from my perspective, I think it can be quite easy to find the motivation at the beginning because you are, there's so many wins, you know, you're hitting PBs quite often over the first year or so, for example, Mm -hmm. it maybe dwindles out, like, do you find that there is a switch in the motivation of people and that it, they lose the consistency a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, then it comes down to whether that athlete or client has a routine in place to kind of stick at it. Um, lots of athletes play so, and it's for many different reasons. Um, you need to look at your entire lifestyle as to why that might be happening. Um, and then I guess a lot of athletes need to ask themselves, are they still having fun? So if you're not having fun, you're not going to turn up. And so how can you change that? Whether it's um, training at a different time during the day to be around different other people in the gym or finding a training partner. I don't know, changing coaches. Maybe that that's what you need to do um, to keep progressing. Looking at your lifestyle, sleep, nutrition, stress um, to try and keep progressing further. Um, But one thing I do want to mention is that people forget about maintenance. So we aren't always progressing. And I can give my own training as an example. I am nowhere near my top numbers that I used to lift. And I'm okay with that. It's okay to just, like, maintain a level of strength and fitness. You don't always have to be progressing. Um, And I have a lot of clients that are like that. They were like, I just want to train three times a week and enjoy it and you know feel like I'm still challenging my body but I'm not trying to put another five kilos or 10 pounds on every single week so I think maintenance could be a goal for a lot of people as well. I love that and I think it's such good advice
0: because uh, like I could think I can name probably five people now that they'll go into the gym every single week and we'll do the same lift and they'll be so frustrated with themselves because they're not hitting a PB because Mm. they're they're you know, as you say, 10 kilos, 10 pounds, et cetera, off their max weight. And they were like, Oh, but it feels really good today. Like it's not Mm. always the case. And how much of it as well is about listening to your body, like your physical and mental
1: health as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't always stick to the program. Let's say your program is percentage based, um, you can't always hit those numbers. Like you can't force lifts out of your body if it's just not there that day. Um, listening to your body is key. A lot of coaches use the um, RPE scale now as well. So building up to a load based on how you feel that day rather than trying to hit a certain number. Um and then just remembering that people don't over train, they under recover. So like You have to be putting in the work outside of the gym as well. And I would say number one recovery tool is sleep and then nutrition. So you have to be mindful of everything. Unfortunately, I know people want it to be a simple answer. Like, I just trained really hard. I'm going to get really good. But it's not. Like, it has to be a holistic approach. And then people just choose how much of what thing they want to focus on. And that's up to them.
0: I do you know I? Funnily enough, I don't think I've ever actually heard that phrase. People don't overtrain; they underrecover.
1: But my goodness, that is the truest yeah. thing I've ever heard, and it is. I can't. Active. I can't claim it. I think someone else has said it, and I, it's stuck with me as well. And it's super powerful. Like, yeah, it's
0: crazy. And that again, it's the same. It's funny because you, I don't know if you do the same, but when I talk about things like this, there's certain people I think of in my mind, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it makes total sense that you're not hitting PBs every week. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like your own training perspective. And I know, again, you kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Do you feel, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but do you feel any pressure to set an example of like how motivated you need to be with your training? Or do you feel that your example is set by the fact that you do things like Maintenance and recover, etc. Like, how do you, how do you see your role
1: from that perspective? I am always really completely honest with my own clients that, you know, what you see on Instagram is definitely a highlight reel, and I have the day-to-day struggles just like them. Um, I've gone from training eight sessions a week, doing double-day trainings, to right now I train about three times a week, and that absolutely fine um there's seasons of life and of course i have the guilt as a coach like i should be doing more i should get my ring muscle up back i should be squatting this but there's seasons of life and you have to meet yourself where you're at and realize that okay in six months time i might be doing more or less like it's just the way of life um other things take priorities priorities at times and so I try and show myself grace and then ask my clients and I guess my followers to do the same. Um, You can't be so harsh on yourself. Obviously there needs to be like um, boundaries or maybe minimum standards. So like my minimum standards are I have to move my body at least twice a week and it doesn't have to be in the gym. Like I've traveled so much this year that I haven't even been able to make it to gym. So maybe a home workout or maybe just stretching and going for a walk like don't overcomplicate it yeah
0: I mean i really like that saying again like minimum standards because it's again it's about it's not just about hitting a pb in <laughs> the gym like and i think that is as many like of the positives that are about crossfit is it can become quite all consuming sometimes and mm-hmm. people will you know their social life will be the gym for example so everything yeah. else actually it's so so important to have a life outside of the gym when it comes to things like minimum standards of looking after yourself
1: yeah yeah and having that life outside the gym is super important an example I can give is uh, back in 2014-2015 I was training just in Olympic weightlifting to try and make a New Zealand team um, and it was I was dedicated, like it was my life. I was working part time I was training full time um, and then I got injured. I ruptured my achilles, and I obviously had to take time off. I had surgery, and the funny thing looking back is that I had enough time to get back into training and try and make the team, but I couldn't see that. I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel because I was just completely thrown that I'd gotten injured and that I couldn't get to the gym every day. Um, And that was such a huge, um, what's the word? It was such a huge fall for me because my identity was um, caught up in gym things and my training and my performance. Like, if I wasn't training, then who was I? You know, if I wasn't lifting this and showing people that I could lift this, because it's an ego thing as well, especially when you're super competitive, then who am I? So th- that injury was a blessing in disguise, and I had to really look myself in the mirror and figure out, you know, who am I outside of the gym? Who am I outside of a CrossFit coach? You know, I'm still Emma. I'm a, I'm a person. Um, you know, the gym, my training, CrossFit, weightlifting doesn't define me. Um, and I think a a lot of athletes or everyone really goes through that identity crisis at some point especially when a hobby becomes so um, like life-consuming and
0: for like competitive athletes as well right there's I always say there's a life after competition and it's yes you don't you know you work your whole life for example to you know I say like get to the New Zealand team or get to the CrossFit Games or whatever your you know goal may be but when that's done there is a life after that it's not not your whole life do you like have you seen that a lot coaching like competitive athletes
1: yeah definitely um it's a struggle that's not an easy transition I think more athletes in the public eye are talking about it um that's transition from you know your full-time job is training or you work full-time but also fit in training so it is life-consuming and then you I don't know retire or just step back from competing as much and it's tough it is not easy um it's not easy at all and I think talking to people about it is super important people that you're close to um because it happens to more people than you realize. And not not just um, competitive, high-level athletes either. I think, you know, the average person who becomes really... Who falls in love with training and then hits a hurdle, that's an identity crisis too, if they start to really struggle with not being able to make it to the gym. Um, it's just finding that balance.
0: What would, like, for anyone that is in that position, say they had an injury or whatever it may be like what would your main piece of advice be for them like if they are going through like this identity crisis at the moment
1: um just know that it's not going to last forever um you know you just have to take one day at a time but it it won't last forever and you'll find joy in other things so if you are retiring from competing you will find joy in something else um Mm -hmm. you might start competing in something that's completely different or like if you still need that competitive um, atmosphere um but just take your time and give yourself grace and if you have an injury really really remind yourself that you're not going to be injured for the rest of your life like the body is incredible you do heal you will be able to get back to whatever it is that you want to um you just have to give yourself time Mm -hmm. Very,
0: very good advice. So There's so many like quotes I'm just going to like write down (laughs) today. (laughs) Get your notepads ready for this episode. Um, And we have to talk about, of course, that your current role is with Barbell Babes, part of our little community here. Um, Can you tell for anyone who doesn't know Barbell Babes hasn't heard of it, which I'm sure they have, um, but what it is and and what your role is within it?
1: So Barbell Babes, is about empowering women to lift heavy. And we do that through um, Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting events. So we have in-person events all around the world, but predominantly in the US. Um, and then we have online events as well, partnered with Girls Gone erect. Um So women-only lifting events, and think like fun, beginner-friendly, um, music going, not super serious, like relaxed environment. We still have obviously rules around um, the list and um, you can't do elbow press ups and the snatch and things like that, but super relaxed, not sanctioned. You don't have to be a member of a federation or anything like that. Um, Awesome prizes, awesome sponsors, lots of fun. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's basically my job is to try and find hosts around the world who want to, Um, put on these events for women in their community
0: they are such fun events they look like I haven't gotten the chance to be at one yet but I've seen so many clips and I am dying to get to one and but what like how did you get involved with Barbell Babes like how did you because we all obviously Lindsay who if you listen to this podcast you'll know who Lindsay is she's one of our co-founders and also of Barbell Babes and but how did you kind of get involved with the organization because it seems like such a perfect fit in so many ways obviously but how did that initially start
1: yeah so Lindsay was looking for a meet director um, and I was finishing up coaching in Qatar and we got introduced through um, kind of like a weightlifting um, mutual friend and then we started chatting and I started working for her and we got it off the ground um, early last year. So it's still very new, um, but when you kind of meet someone and connect with someone, especially like Lindsay, she is a powerhouse. Like, she knows how to get it done and um, it's so naturally motivating to me as well to be working for someone or with someone like Lindsay. Um And this role does kind of feel like it's been made for me because I do have that experience in um, weightlifting events through um, Weightlifting New Zealand when I worked for the national sport. Um, And, yeah, I just get to help more women um, get onto the platform. This is in powerlifting as well. Um, And also all of our events benefit the um, charity Compete for a Cure, which helps uh, breast cancer survivors and thrivers with wellness programs. So, I was just stoked to be able to get involved, really.
0: It's, I, yeah, I love how you've described Lindsay, because that is her to a T. <laughs> she knows yeah.
1: that. She's, She's incredible, yeah.
0: It's it's so cool. And bringing that, I think, I, you know, you watch weightlifting on, on TV, or you watch kind of real, pro- like, professional, quote-unquote, weightlifting competitions, it seems so daunting, you know, walking out mm. on the platform um and kind of having you know, a spotlight on you and silence. What um kind of how is that how are barbell babes events different to that? And of course, like so many women go and get, you know, they might get PBs and they might be lifting on their own for the first time. But it's not just about that, right? But like what is so special about them that's kind of different to maybe a standard weightlifting comp yeah
1: i think a standard weightlifting comp seems too sterile for me mm-hmm. um like i want our events to be you know kind of s- pulling similar char- characteristics from crossfit events where there's music pumping people are cheering like obviously you're still one person taking the platform so there is that spotlight like, still on you but i want it to be like that fun supportive um, atmosphere not to say that other events lifting events aren't like aren't supportive but yeah I don't want it to be sterile I don't want it to be like super silent because that's what makes people nervous um yeah and just knowing that you're not alone so majority of our ladies that compete junior open and master's divisions it's their first time they have never done it before so that's really what we're pushing for is beginner lifters obviously if you have lifted before you're more than welcome to join but it's creating an environment where anyone can step on that platform um and give it a go um yeah that's our goal
0: it's it's so incredible like and as i say it is of course everything and it's funny because it's obviously everything Lindsay does but she's creating but it's such a safe space as well, right? You know, being a woman, yeah. like a lifter, you, I like I personally, and I'm a relatively experienced weightlifter now, but even I would still feel nervous going in to a competition or even just a gym where where there are men lifting. Like, and that's me mm-hmm. coming from someone who's like pretty comfortable under a barbell, et cetera. And um, how special is it that it is like,
1: such a safe space for women yeah super special and because I know that feeling I think every woman can feel a little bit weird or I don't know if intimidated is the right word but stepping into a gym that you're not used to like I've traveled a lot this year and I've felt outside my comfort zone being in gyms that I'm dropping in on um So these events, we try and make it like community-based. So the hosting gym, we reach out to the neighboring gym and invite them all to come along. So it is people within your community um, creating that safe space so that you can all lift together. Um, We try and run the event so that you don't have to have a coach guiding you. We put people into flights so that you know exactly when you're going to be lifting. Um, So you can kind of do your own warm-up and then with the help of the announcers and the marshals, we can make sure that people know when, when their turn is to list. Um, and like I said, like super relaxed environment. Um, yeah, like you kind of can't go wrong if you try give it a go, you know?
0: <laughs> and for anyone, is, you kind of just answered my question, but for anyone who's like, oh, you know, I think I want to do it, but I'm not sure. Maybe they're on the fence. Um, what would be kind of your key takeaway or like what would you tell them to do?
1: If not now then when. Like most, um, we're slowly growing. So we're getting more and more hosts every few months. Like we're getting more hosts applying. Um, but when you look at the calendar for lifting events around you, there's not many that are purely just for women and this type of environment. So if you want an unsanctioned, relaxed, fun event um where the only pressure that you have is coming from yourself then this is a great event to to sign up to i would definitely encourage all all women who like lifting whether it's powerlifting or olympic weightlifting to try and find an event near them and yeah give it a go bring your friends bring your family yeah it's a lot of fun
0: is. And if there isn't one near, near you, there are online competitions as well, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So we partner with Girls Gone Rx for our online events. Um, we just had the Winter Sol- Solstice. We have the Ollie Open coming up in March. Um, last year, we had the Barbell Classic, which was a team of five event, which was really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, always check our social media and website. We have lots of online events throughout the year. and then that's super easy like you lift in your own gym you just video yourself so there's no barriers to those exactly
0: there's so much going on and we'll of course put everything in our show notes and across our social media too um emma i have one final question for you because i know barbell babes is growing but i know you are also personally now very settled in the states but i've started asking everyone like what are you most looking forward to uh for the next kind of 12 months
1: Um, I do want to get back into coaching so I've been talking to a few gyms here and I'm hoping to line up a job um, just to start coaching again because I've missed that so much over the last year that I've traveled so I think yeah immersing myself back into a gym community um, is what I'm really really looking forward to.
0: Amazing Oh well it's been such a pleasure to chat and thank you so so much for for being a part of the Barbell Babes, Girls Gone our ex, Fender Society community, all of it, um, but for coming on and so much knowledge to take away from today's episode. So thank you so much, Emma.
1: No worries. My pleasure. Anytime. If you want me again, I'll come on. <laughs>